So so scrutiny podcast. My name is Robert Maine, and over there is my co-host Corey Stocks. Cinder blocks. Nice. That was a good one, right? Not bad. I am made of cinder blocks. <laughs> Let me guess. Boxy Shazam. Wow, I thought you get. You really don't know who this is? No, that's not who this is. Not say anything. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking one or the other. It's funny that you, you went Boxy Shazam though, because they're weird. <laughs> this is a cover of uh, oh, right here. Never heard this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Duh. I don't know why I didn't recognize that. What was that? Well, like the '90s oh, when this old, actually old came Diddy out. Old bastard. Am I right? Kellis got your money. Did this come out in the '90s? Am I right? It's the original did, but yeah, this this covers on the uh, Punk Goes Crunk album. Oh, I remember that. With Gator Boots by uh, Devil Wears Prada. Good one. I don't know, what's that song called? The Gator Boots or the Pimped Out Gucci Suit? Still Fly? Yes, Still Fly. Yeah, there you go. By Big Timers. Nice. Say anything, though. Good choice. Yeah, it kind of, kind of leads us into the episode a little bit. Just hit the microphone. You need to be careful. Turn it down the music a little bit. Um, yeah, it leads us into the podcast a little bit. We're going to review some, some stuff that we've been doing during the week, and we both... Went to the uh, Say Anything show slash, I mean, it's just Max Bemis at Chain Reaction. And and his wife. And his wife. Pretty we'll, just have, we'll have some uh, notes about it. Overall, yep. I had a great time. I know you had a great time, right? Yeah, your, your totally. Your inner emo kid my, yes, came out. My emo kid. I cried like all night after. But, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit. Um, what else has been going on with you, buddy? Um, Let's see. This week? Yeah. Not much. I mean, I've just been, we, we had a big visit at school. Um, we did a lesson study, which is essentially we, as a ELA department in seventh grade, got together, designed a lesson, and we watched one teacher teach it. Then we took a period off and discussed how it went, retooled it, retailored it. Then I taught it. We came back, retooled, retailored it, and then I taught it a second time. And then we saw like the progression of how the lesson got better over time. Was it a different class every time? It was a different class, different class period, but the same lesson. Yeah, I got you. Um, second question, uh, all these other people that are involved, are they in the classroom watching you do this? Yes. See, I don't all like that. All being observed. I don't like that. These, if supervisors and all this stuff, that they want to get into how teaching works, they need to be outside of the room. How those kids act when they know... They're not being watched because I know I acted differently when like yeah they would totally come in. I remember that they would they would happen in our classes too yeah but one thing to note as a teacher and kind of as like a researcher this is basically what we were doing is we weren't looking for like behavior we weren't looking at the performance of the teacher we were actually looking at the content itself and if the kids were able to understand the content based on the lesson itself no I get so that. they weren't even there was no commenting on each but other but is, i get what you mean but if this is like research and it same goes with teachers i know teachers act a little bit differently than when they know they're being watched i know it sounds weird but i well it's like throw some cameras the whole in. dog and pony show I are guess. there are there cameras in classrooms yet no is that illegal yes 
And you would think in the world of mass shooters I, and stuff, you they, I, I know they probably have we them have, in the halls. We have we have them in the halls, but we don't have them in classes. I think I don't it know. It's a, it, it is a little weird doing that in classes. In the world that we live in right now. In the hallways, I I do agree. In classrooms, it's a little difficult because you have all the violation of you know because ki- kids can't be filmed without permission, so they'd have to sign all these waivers. Yeah, all that. I I don't know. I don't like the idea of doing that just because. Really, as a teacher, teachers already feel very much scrutinized over time. And I think with nice nice word with no I like get a camera you. in there, you feel even more self conscious and. I don't know. You know what's funny though? I remember in elementary school they updated all like the at least the portables and added yeah. like a security system and had like a motion sensor on top. And I remember like being young and thinking that's a camera. Well, like, and the teachers would use that and tell you like they're watching you or right at least now. listen to listening to you. So I always thought I was already being watched. And some of them think they come into your class thinking and they ask. And I don't want to fuck around and be like, oh no, it's it's not a camera. And some other teacher used that as their like strategy. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, played off like I don't know what it is. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Glad Keeps me safe. Me. Yeah. Just shut up and do your homework, kid. <laughs> Listen to what I say. <laughs> but that and then also this teaching stuff also leads into the rest of the podcast. We're gonna have Liz, your wife, come in and just talk teacher stuff. Shoot the shit. She, I know she was downstairs writing down a list of things she wants to talk about. And yeah. We were already talking about some other stuff before the show and like I was saying, as a civilian outside of not having a kid and not yeah. being a teacher. It blows my mind some of the stuff that you guys go through and have to deal with, and and many many of our listeners may not know and may be interested yeah. in knowing. So I'm excited. And don't worry, listeners, I I will ask the dumb questions for you t- to them because yeah, I, I will. <laughs> They're not really dumb. There's a well, lot that goes into no, education. I know, but like I, I think one thing that makes Joe Rogan a good podcaster is when he has like Neil deGrasse Tyson and he'll ask him like not dumb questions, but like. Questions like the normal guy will want to ask. You well, know? and that that he would be like, really, you're asking that question? Right yeah, now? <laughs> but you know, some people might need explanation. Of yeah, literally, how uh, to put into terms how big a galaxy is or how many, you know, totally. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going off the footsteps of our Godfathers of podcasts. I'm just going off what he does. <laughs> the Godfather, him and and Corolla and who else was like a a Marin. Like them three are like usually like the three that get on the Rushmore. Yeah, I'll throw Mac in there, Macaulay. I love listening no, to him. No, but he wasn't a pioneer though. Oh, I'm you're talking, talking like the they Godfather. original. Yeah, the Godfathers. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin is not a Godfather podcasting. But I love him. He is a good one. Yeah, we we got to do a podcast about podcasts too. We haven't done yeah, that yet. Totally Maybe coming up. What else? Yeah, so we're gonna have Liz come in and talk about some teacher stuff and uh, also. I want to mention our unofficial sponsor again this this week, Coffee Code, in Buena Park. If you need some good coffee, go to Coffee Code. Today we're, I'm drinking a nice cold brew that uh, Corey got for me. What are you drinking over there? A cold latte? brew with oat milk. Oh, it is a cold brew. It just has oat oat milk in it. Yeah, and dude, it's so good. Oat milk is great too. I you know I'm vegan, so I I drink a lot of the plant based milks. I think of all the plant based milks. Oat milk is yep. the best. I might have to try it. I'm not gonna drink your cootie backwash right now, but I'll oh. try. It. I'll try it one day. Yeah, it's it's delicious. Coffee code's great. If this, you're if you're ever in the Buena Park area, and we're I, just gonna keep talking them yeah, up until they give great. us free coffee. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I, but it's not like, but it is good. Like it literally is the best coffee coffee I've ever had. So it's like I'm not 
talking them up just to get free shit but <laughs> yeah they're great they i and they're so friendly every time like they don't they don't judge you for sitting there like a dumbass what's a pour over or anything they they like thought <laughs> coffee was supposed to be hot yeah. <laughs> you kind of you had a you had a good one who'd you sound like right there was that a little hank hill <laughs> no, i don't even know i was just doing a funny voice or but, you sound like that oh the guy in the simpsons the episode where the tall hey. guy gets out of the the little car because Nelson laughs at him like, ha, ha, I'm going to admit out. as much as I do love the Simpsons. I, oh, I do. I can't be. I'm not one of those people that goes that episode that Homer did this. I'm I going, can do that. I can't for every episode. It's, it's weird. I grew up on them, but I, I'm not one of those guys. But anyway, sorry. Great coffee. Great coffee. Great coffee. This cold brew. I was telling him earlier. It's sweet without even putting sugar. Yeah, in it. it is so tasty that and that always happens with even watered down any like yeah any asian coffee shop i go to they know exactly what they're doing yeah um and they they do it well they have great pastries too very french and especially if you're used to like starbucks and then you go to this place you go oh starbucks just burns the shit out of all their coffee tastes like crap and when i get when i have coffee code right down the street from the studio i am all about it so i'll go there anytime Go to Coffee Code. <laughs> uh, and, and sponsor us, Coffee Code. Anyways, uh, so yeah, you've been teaching. Uh, today, I had a pretty fun day. What'd you do, Robert? I got to go golfing in a baseball stadium. What? Yeah. What? Tw- yeah, it's called uh, Stadium Links. It's a company that goes around and does it to multiple... Uh, I don't, I'm pretty... What are you laughing over there? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a clever rhyme for your name that goes with golfing. <laughs> You've been smoking? No, no. Is there something else in that coffee? What no, I'm just really sorry, silly. folks. My co-host has gotten the giggles all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, with my name. Anyways, yeah, it's a company that goes around. I know it does baseball. I don't know if it does football or other sports, but it, I'm sure they probably do. But yeah, they go in and kind of convert a stadium into a golf course. And if if you guys are familiar with like Top Golf, that's kind of what it was. Um, you get to bounce around the stadium. It's like nine holes. Excuse me coffee burps um nine holes and it's like on the top level mid-level bottom level they 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 make you bounce all the way around and it basically is you get two or three balls per hole and you hit down into the infield and you have to hit to a specific pole or a green because the whole outfield is just filled with yeah because you showed me a picture earlier and i saw that there was dirt everywhere i'm besides the field there was like dirt everywhere it wasn't really dirt though um it's they just outlined greens in the outfield and so the point system was basically if you hit the pole there wasn't really holes out there but if you got like hit the pole it was technically a hole one that's cool if you got it on the on the green then you parred or you birdied. Oh, no. Sorry. The pole. If you hit the pole, it was a hole in one. But then there was like a circle about a, I don't know, two foot diameter or no, four foot diameter circle around the hole. If you hit it in there, then it was a birdie. But then if you hit it on the green, it was a par. And then anything else that wasn't out of regulation was a bogey. Yeah. So I got a lot of bogeys. I got one par. I got a one on one green because it was kind of hard because on the eva- uh, uh, elevation type yeah. stuff, when you're hitting off the top. You guys were at the top deck or what? Yes. Like there was probably, I think two, three, three holes left field center or in, in the behind home plate and right field. And, um, it's tough. 
It was kind of like an aiming game. You had to yeah. like hit it. And they give you, the spot. They, you know, in real golf, when you go to a, a, a new hole, they tell you how far the pin is from where you are. And they gave, they, they tell you that at, at this thing too, but then it tells you like a, uh, like a, a calculation of with the elevation, like how high we how are. How high and how so far. So it's like, yeah. And so it gave us different like yardage and stuff, but super fun i even like upgraded us to the vip stuff so we got to hang out in like the exclusive vip bar uh, were there bar. a lot of people it was pretty cra- it wasn't crowded but like um i i feel uh, the probably the longest we had to wait at a hole was the last one because that's when everyone kind of saves like their balls at the end to hit yeah. as many as like whatever's left over because you only have a certain amount save your balls so, but that only was like a couple minutes and um and then with the vip thing we got like additional like uh range balls we basically could uh hit more golf balls than anybody else and then we had like a chipping challenge and a uh, putting challenge and awesome food it was just a great experience if, if anyone is like into baseball uh, or golfing or it doesn't even matter it's still fun even if you go into like a top golf it's 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 pretty much worth it like it's a good fun day it was nice and it was really hot, but it was like a nice breeze going through the stadium. And Angel Stadium is such a not to be biased as an Angel fan, but it is one of the nicest stadiums. I've been to a, a lot of them. Well, it is Southern California, so. but it's it's I think it's now like the third or fourth oldest stadium in Major League Baseball, which is crazy. It's like yeah, it, it, it they're a new. You wouldn't really associate like the Angels with that. But I think it's. Um, I always think the Yankees, it's, it's, right? No, they Fenway. Talk, they tore down the Yankees tore down, tore down original Yankee Stadium and built a new one. So yeah, it's Boston, Wrigley, or it might be other. No, I think it's Boston first, then Wrigley, and then I think it's Dodger Stadium, and then us, and then Oakland. Interesting. Yeah, and I think Oakland's getting a new stadium pretty soon because theirs is just garbage. Yeah, but I uh, mean, yeah, it's an older one, so I'm sure they need to update. Just a quick. I, we didn't really talk about this beforehand, but uh, have you been hearing about the uh, Astros uh, stuff that's been going on with baseball? I big saw deal. something about the Astros. What What's the deal? If you guys, so I've been following it because if this comes out bigger than it is right now, it could be a big deal. Like the Astros could potentially be giving up one of their World Series titles because of this. What they were blatantly stealing signs from catchers like they went and put a camera in center field not the tv camera like their own camera that pointed directly to the cam the catcher's crotch basically and had a feed going into the um so when you went down the tunnel past the, the clubhouse or not the dugout there was like a trash can right there that had a little screen and they would hit the trash can twice for changeup, one for slider. Are you fucking serious? And nothing for fastball. And there is that's bla- crazy. There is so much footage of this. There's a there's a really great channel. If you guys are really into sports, like any sport, uh, John Boy, J O M B O Y. They so, are so great. This is specifically one guy, but I think he's got like a partner. They break down. Any, it's not just they break down like a, a whole game like ESPN does. Yeah, they'll break down a specific like scenario that happened, and they've been really following this whole news story. It's developed right, but it, for crazy. the people who don't really watch baseball, why why would that be a big problem? So, it's, I mean, stealing signs and stuff has always been kind of part of the game, but you do it from the field. You yeah. do it 
with your human brain. The fact yeah. that they went out of their way. And now there's emails coming out that executives have been asking scouts like, hey, what's the best way for us to like cheat? That's basically? crazy. And they have records now. And um, the fact that they went out of their way to put a camera there and then had a system that is blatantly on camera. You you can go on YouTube and watch old uh, whole games. MLB has put like whole How games. How far back is this gone? So, and that's the other crazy thing is John Boy has looked at statistics and Astros were one of the worst strikeout teams at home before this happened. And then all of a sudden they had a There's huge a spike, jump huh? and only at, at home too. If you look at Altuve, all those guys during the 17, 16, 17, 8 or you know, 2016 through 18 yeah. seasons, their road batting averages and strikeouts is so much like higher, lower, whatever than home. It's like really, Oh, then that's the whole thing about baseball. It's like statistics. Like as much yeah, as, that's, it is, it, as the game is hard, a true baseball fan really loves stats. Yeah. About baseball. That, and that's crazy. It's, it's, it's developing still. Um, I fucking cheaters. I hate the Astros. I think they're, Especially one of them, uh, Jake uh, Marzenek. Yeah. The one that oh, he's destroyed. the guy that tried to take out the. He ca- did he take took out, out the catcher, right? He's never been. He our catcher uh, Luke Roy had to basically like bow out for the rest of the season. Now he's not, he's not even our catcher anymore. That sucks. Yeah. Man. So I've never. He was a good that. catcher too. Yeah. So, anyways, I, yeah, I forgot to talk to you about that. That's it's, nuts. I've been following it. It's a big deal, like in baseball, like. And then the other the other thing that John Boy pointed out was. Yeah, the Astros have, Astros have been the one of the most blatant ones that they're following right now, but yeah. it'd be really naive to think that they're the only team yeah, doing it. Yeah, there's got to be other ones. There's other teams doing it. I've heard rumors of the Brewers and, and doing it, and now the Yankees have had some rumbles of like an Apple Watch getting Good signs. Good God, man. I just really hope the Angels, I don't think they are. Because their record proves that they're not cheating. Yet. Like, they're We're, so bad right we now. We need to and cheat. And we, <laughs> we have the best player in baseball, but I know. I, I don't think. Three-time MVP, baby. Oh, that's right. And that was the other thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, Mike Trout just got the new, uh, the next MVP, AL MVP. He's got three now. He's got. You know who has the most MVPs? Who? And what number? Give me a guess. MVPs. Yeah. Um. Either division. Griffey. No, Barry Bonds. Bonds. Okay. (laughs) I hate Barry Bonds. Yeah. Well, we beat them that year. He's got seven. His last he year, was, we beat them, dude. No, he, he kept we? going. Or do you, he he kept going. Okay. Because I think like either the following year or the year after, he's that's when he broke the uh, home run record. Oh, okay. The big old asterisk, in my my opinion. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Enough baseball yes. talk. I know everyone thinks that's boring. Um, <laughs> yep. Do you, so, want, do you want to review your movie? Yeah, I've been sure. Talking, yeah, I've been talking for a while. Let's um, review your movie real quick. So... If you've been around and been on the planet Earth at all this week, you would know that Disney Plus came out. Um, huge, huge, huge deal. Um, so far, I've been pretty amazed by the selection and and the ability to watch not only Disney Plus, but I got ESPN Plus and then I have Hulu as well. I got that package. Oh, what is great. that? It's like thirteen ninety nine, and you get all, all three. three? Oh. But the Hulu is a the free, that non ad free, so it has the ads it on it. It has commercials. Yeah, yeah, but the ESPN Plus is awesome. I've been watching a lot of MMA on there. Um, the ESPN part that's it's that's, really that's cool, and it's only thirteen ninety nine. I I I like it a lot. Um, so I was just curious. 
Oh, and you'll know this music just... if you're a Disney fan, but Lady and the Tramp. Um, I loved Lady and this the Tramp. This is the music from the original up. one, though. I, I figured that was more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I... I this was one of the movies I watched over and over because I was re- I love animals, always have loved animals, and the dogs were just adorable. Um, but it was it was redone in live action, which they've been doing. We saw with The Lion King and Aladdin. Yeah. Some flops, some were good. Um, I mean, they, everything that John Favreau has been doing has been nailing it. Yeah, I the really Al- like the John Aladdin. Favreau. Was oh my god. Yeah, but Jungle, I heard a Jungle lot about Book, that. Jungle Book, and Lion King. Yeah, yeah, they were really good. So compared compared to those, had this one match up. Why? Well, it's different. Yeah. Um, it, they, what happened with this movie, and we'll get into it in a few, you know, a few minutes. But the CGI, they they changed it up a little bit from what Favreau did. But I'll explain the reasoning How? I've been hearing. Okay. Um, but Lady and the Tramp is. 2019 it came out this year uh, it was directed by charlie bean and it was written by andrew bujalski and carl or carrie granland and of course produced by walt disney um Wait, charlie bean the walt disney company i mean the walt disney company walt didn't get out of his grave yeah he jumped out of the grave just and to d- produce this one movie or no remember he was frozen so <laughs> okay. just kidding um he was he actually charlie bean actually directed he worked on tron uprising as a director and executive producer uprising i believe is the um the cartoon of tron like tron had a cartoon at one uh, point okay yeah he worked on that he worked as a storyboard artist on dexter's laboratory Samurai Jack, which is amazing. I, I like Dexter. He was yeah, cool. Samurai Jack was awesome. I didn't watch that one. And Powerpuff Girls, I Am Weasel, and in Cow and Chicken. He worked on all those. Okay. Um, but anyway. So it's got a uh, good cartoon background. Yeah, okay. and the cast. Let's talk the cast for a minute now. Tessa Thompson, she played Lady. Um, Justin Thoreau played Tramp. Um, Sam Elliott played trusty you, you know you know sam elliott right oh big you, mu- of course sam, sam elliott yeah pork it's, it's, or no it's beef it's what's for dinner <laughs> right. he played yeah he played the bloodhound the trusty oh, per- perfect perfect casting yeah yeah and then they changed um, <laughs> what other John- animal is sam elliott gonna be I- <laughs> maybe i can maybe see him as like a british bulldog it's just gotta, yeah. it's gotta be it's gotta be a, a dog with big jowls he like played sam in, elliott he played an old Bloodhound. That's yeah. the well, yeah. And Samuel, you know what I mean, it's not a young bloodhound. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Bloodhounds are never Samuel, young. I love you. If you're listening to the podcast, I love you, Samuel. Continue. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, and then they ch- they changed Jock, the Scottish Terrier. You remember that little the the Scottish dog? I gotta be honest with you. I I I, I know I watched the original, but I don't know the dog, the Scottish dog that was a huge stereotype, much like. Mm, a lot uh, of the animals in the movie. Scottish yeah, yeah. Accents. And he carries the bone around and like sings all the Scottish songs. Super okay. stereotypical. Wasn't played by a Scottish person. Um, but Ashley Jensen, they changed it to a female. Uh, I actually really liked it. She got um, the Scottish accent. Too? Yeah, she did. And she's she was really a Scottish actress. Nice. Okay. Um, and then Janelle Monet played uh, Peg. Oh, yeah, she's like a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. She played Peg. That Lassa. Uh, that. The dog that sings in the jail. She has like the hair over one of her eyes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it hangs out with the bulldog all the time. Um, so those were like the animals. And then there was 
one that I thought was really interesting that I actually didn't even know until I was watching it was Ken Jong played a doctor. Ken, you know Ken Jong? Yeah, the the guy from the Hangover. The hangover. So, but he, he was he was playing a human, not a doctor. Yeah, he played the human. He played he played a doctor. Well, he's a do- he's a doctor in real yeah, life. Yeah, he is so, totally. Yeah. So he he comes out and he has his usual wry kind of like sarcastic. Yeah. Um, ty- I forget what line he says, but he it's super snarky and it made Liz and I crack up because it's just like y- he would. It's kind of hard that. not to laugh at that guy or laugh <laughs> with hilarious. that guy, not laugh, you know, at him. But yeah, kind of. So yeah. great cast, amazing like singing. The numbers were great. I would say the one song I wasn't super big fan of was the Cats. You remember the cat, the Siamese cats? I I don't remember. So in the original movie, super, again, super racist and stereotypical. Was it like Asian sounding? They were all Asian and they were, it was really, really like racy. But in this one, they changed them to like these two kind of just bully cats. Okay. And the CGI on those was kind of like... Yeah, I the don't worst. know about that. Yeah, it was the worst. But but they did use like real animals. They used real. I dogs. heard that they were all like rescues too. Yeah, man. yeah. They went full out. They Disney like changed. doesn't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, we gotta make sure they're rescues. We gotta make sure they're real. And then uh, we gotta make sure all the guy casts. You know, the Scottish dude has to be a girl. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, they're yeah, hitting all change. the notes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I I like it. Make um, everyone happy. Yeah, and then they had the the they still had the Italian dudes, but they weren't like super over the top. You know, I was listening to a like, podcast the other day. That's one one accent that you can do without yeah. and, and make it really stereotypical without anyone being mad at you. Yeah, like any other well, maybe Russian too, but, but like you can't do Asian stereotypical accents anymore. You can't really do span without being like offensive to people. Yeah, and I, I being Italian, it's okay. Well, know, the guy, the guy fun. who it's, did it's a fun accent that everyone can do. The guy who played um, Tony, the you know the the chef who serves them the famous meatball plate. Everyone um, knows that one, yeah. Yeah, he he didn't go over the top with it. He yeah. was he was really just grounded, and I liked it. But he still did all the like faces and. It was it was really cool and like kind of heartfelt. I I thought it was a great family movie. It felt give, hit all the warm fuzzy notes. Did you hit? Did you do the screen scale on? It? I did do the screen scale, What'd and I wanted it? to talk a little bit about like some of the parts that you know I re I really stood out to me is the yeah. soundtrack. It was really was it all old. Like was it? Just all the same song, just redone, or did they add any new ones? They add, they kind of added stuff and then altered some of the songs to yeah, sound like just more fresh and yeah. modern. But it had a it had a really cool kind of like old school on the Mississippi River, you know, um, riverboat, big riverboat sound, big band kind of deal. And I like a lot of that music. It's basically the music you hear walking down Main Street. Yeah, um, okay. That type of music, yeah, yeah. and they did that so well. Um, I, I think that the sound choices they made were great. They hit all the right notes on that. The cinematography, the overall look, yeah, was, was awesome. Every, the scenery but, was beautiful. But the animals compared to like Jungle Book or, or they Lion King. Looked, they purposefully made them look a little bit more cartoony, cartoony in the face. Um, they were real dogs. So their bodies were like real dogs. But there were times where they were CGI, and, and then when it's you, you, when you know it's a real dog, but they're making the mouth move, right? Yeah, yeah. and it they I I've, I've heard a lot of that 
people were kind of turned off by the realism of Lion King, and it got it, a lot of times it lost the emotion because it was just like watching. Well, a, you had to ride that like fine line, yeah, doing real and making it cartoony, but not yeah, because then you want it to look super. You want to believe that this line is talking to you, but if because I've heard Favreau talk about this, like if you want to. to him to talk like he would be a, like if a lion, a real lion learned how to talk, you wouldn't even see like the mouth be moving. Cause it was, you know, their jaws always down and yeah, it's, but to show the kids and the viewer that this animal is talking, they have to make it a little bit over the top yeah. just to, you know, and then makes it a little bit cartoony and takes away from like the realism. And yeah. Stuff. And so I have not, I actually really liked the lion King. Oh um, yeah. And that's, the, the, that's what I was saying. I was comparing Jungle Book and Lion, because yeah. I feel like, especially with Disney, that is the bar right now with yeah. CGI cartoons. Oh, yeah. So compared Looked to amazing. that, is this just like a little bit right underneath it? It's, yeah, it's lower. To the um, minor it, leagues more? Yeah, but however, I feel that for a, moments, for a t- made for like TV movie almost, it's kinda it, what it was, it was yeah. really good. All right. Um, I thought that the story was great because I love that story. I mean, it's... And it, did it differ from the... Original? Yeah, a little bit. The dogs at the end. Well, don't spoil... I guess, yeah, don't spoil anything. Okay, yeah, I won't say anything it is about kind of that. A, new, a yeah. new movie. You're right. I feel like um, we can kind of spoil old movies depending on what it is. They changed some things. Yeah. Um, things that I felt like, well, for one, the cats not being Siamese, stereotypical, almost like it felt kind of insulting going back and watching the old one and the cats. Like it just, it feels kind of icky, but watching the new one, they did it in a way where it was like, okay, did they, I think I saw like on Reddit or something that Disney has like a warning on some of like the old cartoons warning. Yeah. This is old timey. Like, yeah, it doesn't, we don't, but it, they want to put out the classics, but yeah, some of them. And I mean, it's, it's just a reflection of the time. That's what, that's what people, it doesn't make it right, but yeah. that's kind of what culture was at that time, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of what I feel like was what they're doing with these redoing these old yeah. movies is like updating. Like we gotta make them, you know, appropriate and don't yeah. offend anybody. And, and I make I, some more money on it. I yeah, I know. I agree with the appropriateness part. I think I think it's a great idea. Um, cool. So what you what score did you give it? Uh, so overall, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I would watch it again. Um, I will watch it again just because I'm a Disney lover nice. nerd. Yeah. Um, I gave it a 79%. Um, so close to an 80, probably B minus. Just a viewer or the listeners, viewers, listeners, that might sound low, but on our scale, if you really break it down, that's a pretty good score. Yeah, it is. It's because it, also like in our eyes, like Jaws or uh, oh, yeah. Citizen Kane, like that's a perfect hundred. Yeah. So to be only like twenty five off, and remember that it's all good. it's all you know subjective. Subjective too. So um, we what I gave it was a seventy nine percent. You may have loved it. I don't know. You may love it. I would recommend watching it. It deserves a watch. Because like a, I mean, you did the scale. That's that's the number. But like without thinking the scale, like what percentage? If you were doing it, would you give it like an eighty more? I give it like an eighty. So yeah. I think it's what the fun thing about the scales. It, it shows you challenges. It, yeah. yeah, it shows you this definitive number, but then you're like, oh, but in my mind, I would give it like an eighty nine. But yeah, here on the on the stats, it says I gave it this number. So. And I would definitely watch it with your family, your kids. They'll love it. It's such a it's such a beautiful story. Really, really feel good and warm and cozy. Classic watch Disney. It. Love Disney. 
Um, so I reviewed Lady and the Tramp. What did you review? Yeah, let's turn that nice music off. Um, I, uh, we're gonna get into it next week. We've been watching The Mandalorian. Oh yeah. And I've also the other thing I didn't tell you is I've been watching that uh, Imagineering documentary thing. You've been watching that too. I have not, and I want to. Maybe we can talk about th- that too. It's a little bit longer. It's like hour episodes. F- like maybe forty minutes. Got but, it. Um, well, Mandalorian I, I, same. Is it? Yeah, it's about seem, forty minutes. It seems shorter than that, but but. Um, I because well we'll get into that next week mm. but um yeah we're gonna be talking all things Disney Plus next week I think uh with the Mandalorian and Imagineering apparently that'd so, be cool yeah so I've been spending more of my time on the new stuff with yeah. Mandalorian um but I did watch speaking of streaming services going back to Netflix yeah I watched this on Netflix I was just kind of bored and this popped up and I was like you know what I haven't seen this movie in a long time uh nineteen ninety six executive decision <laughs> uh, i remember the cover isn't it like it's a stealth fighter well, yeah i'll get into it director uh, Ster- uh stuart barrett bard uh it was so it says uh first movie directed um writers jim thomas and john thomas guessing their brothers stars kurt russell halle berry steven seagal and some few other faces that you probably recognize uh rock john, solid cast. john louis almo's in there oliver platt makes an appearance um I so growing up, uh, I remember this this movie being on like HBO or yeah. TNT like all the time, and a lot of those movies that I grew up on, I realized <clears throat> I never really like started them from the beginning. Yeah, I'd always like get like ten minutes in and go, oh shit, Executive Decisions on, and turn it on, and it'd be ready, yeah. like ready going. And this this movie, I realized I never watched it from like the very beginning. Or it's one of those movies when, because you were young when it came yeah, out. Yeah, but when you when you watch it and you have no idea what's going that's on. That's true. But I I knew like the I mean the majority of the rest of the movie. Like I could maybe even like quote some of it just yeah. watching it so much as a kid. But the very beginning, I was like, I don't remember this part at all. And it actually kind of helped why Steven Seagal is so mad at Kurt Russell. I never understood that. Because I would always get into the part where they're like in the stealth fighter and like, why seems a gull so mad at Kurt Russell? Pissed off. Apparently, in the beginning, Kurt Russell sends his team to like this mob. The other thing, okay, so let me start it off. The beginning is what is the the beginning is ridiculous. It show it the first shot is basically this uh, a static shot of like this castle mansion in Italy, and it it does like the classic like green text military (laughs) it's literally a paragraph it's it's like maybe minute two minutes long of just the year is 1996 it it tells you like where we are what time who we're doing it's like it's like just watch the movie because most of them are just like and the next scene it's like gives you just yeah this was like a whole paragraph of like this is what we're doing like can't you just tell us like via like imagery or like so i was i was already starting off like wow this movie is like bad i don't remember starting all this anyways get into it if no one's seen this movie i don't i don't care if i spoil it because it's a terrible movie many people have seen it the other thing is i grew up thought i loved this movie it this is a bad movie it's so bad it's good kurt russell's basically like uh uh uh, what's the uh harrison ford character in like clear and present danger and like future games um um, what's his name? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, but you know all those Tom Clancy. I think it's Tom Clancy. Yeah, he's he's kind of like one of those like office dudes, but then gets wrangled into like this mission. You know, fish out of water. Yeah, kind of thing. he's wearing a tuxedo the whole time, which is ridiculous. 
Um, Don't you know basically tuxedos? A, a plane gets hijacked. Stealthy. Yeah, this plane gets hijacked. It's got like a senator on it, but the the terrorists are taking it over because they want this other guy released from jail who the Americans just captured. And if they release them, then they'll land the plane safely. But what Kurt Russell and his team find out when they yeah. get on the plane that they also have like a chemical bomb and they're not planning on landing. They're going to land it on Washington, D.C. They had other plans. Yes. And uh, so they're like going to double cross the U.S. government. But the other crazy thing is they can't contact the ground. It's this whole thing. So they so the they big, have to make an executive decision. <laughs> basically, yeah. The, bi- the big like selling point of this movie is... Steven Seagal and his team and Oliver Platt somehow winds up on the plane too. He's like a computer nerd and Kurt Russell. They get into a stealth fighter that has this new technology that's never been tested on a commercial plane, but we're going to try it because we have no other choices that has like this pipe thing that comes out of the top of the plane. They fly underneath the commercial flight without them knowing they extend this big giant tube into the plane and then open up some like latch underneath the plane and they crawl into there. And one crazy thing that I'll give Executive Decision credit for, this movie, like, this is prime time, Steven Skull time. Like, yeah. this is like the era Water where... World? Water World, right? No, you think that's Nicholas Cage. Uh, or, uh, not Nicholas Cage. Uh, God damn it. What's his friggin' it's name? It's on him. No. Mel, Mel Gibson? No. I don't know. Oh, people are yelling at their podcast. Kurt Russell. It's... No, Kurt Russell's in it, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Kevin Costner. Thank you, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. But getting off subject, this is like prime '90s is like Steven Seagal. Yeah, it is era. Like he was getting all these good movies. So this was pitched like a Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal action movie in the air, and it's like, okay, we're in. Sounds dope. Maybe half an hour into the movie, like the first act, basically. Yeah. Steven Seagal dies. What? It's, It's like this crazy. He like he he. He, this whole happens with the plane and the the tube gets out and pressurized and he has to he Some sa- crazy he sacrifices scenario. himself to save everyone and the and he see his body fly out of the plane and what? like it, yeah it's just crazy like holy shit they killed Steven Seagal in like the first thirty minutes like why holy shit. it but it's a crazy little turn and then it's just Kurt Russell and everyone else saving the world basically on this plane and it's I mean, fun Kurt Russell's I just kinda, awesome but. Uh, I mean, you know, by the end of it, he's gonna save it. There's no way they're gonna land the plane, and the end is just everyone dying in Washington D.C. Wouldn't that be a, a great good turn? I mean, events. they did ke- kill Steven Seagal in the first few minutes. You never know. It's but pretty nihilistic. He does, he does land the plane, and you know, it's a classic '90s shitty action movie. It's not. I I had this movie up on my pedestal of action movies growing up, but there's a lot it. of those. Though. It's pretty bad. Um, go back, watch Air Force One. Watch see, any of those. I might, I might go watch that and just compare it because top three, bottom three. That's a better movie. Action. I, um, I did a quick scrutiny scale. I won't go too much into it, but I ended up giving it a sixty-five. I mean, I that's thought it was be- the worst. I thought it was. Know? I was going to have a lower scale, um, but because it. Oh, and the other thing is the soundtrack <laughs> is pretty good. It's, it's got the, some. Dope, it's the same like, guy. Speaking of. Um, Action those, movie soundtrack. Those other, no, those other movie, uh, movies I was mentioning. Uh, same guy that did like that movie Ch- Chain Reaction. Remember with Keanu Reeves? That's a great movie. Chain Reaction. That's a good movie. No one's heard that I one. I need to see that. Um, bring it up. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith. He, he did a bunch of like 90s movies that just like this. Uh, LA Confidential, Star Trek, Congo, Total Recall. Like he's got a good 
uh, repertoire. I yeah, guess. but it he sounds has like, like a, it. He has a specific sound. Like I was listening to, it, I was like, this sounds just like like. Uh, uh, I think he might even done. He might even done Air Force One. <laughs> they. I feel like there's like one crew of dudes who did all those action movies. Yeah, just in the nineties. He's got too much stuff, but um, yeah. So I really like the soundtrack. I like the music in the background. So I gave that really high score. I like the look of it too. It didn't look that bad. It actually, it, it, the overall look didn't look cheesy. It just, other than the, pl- I mean, there's no the plane apparently has all these like places underneath that and on top that they can just walk around without the terrorists like knowing they're there, which is. It's, ridiculous yeah but um the acting was ridiculous but they had a good dedication to the role they really went in all in on it so i gave some credit on that you kind of have to with movies like this like action movies you can all shittiest action movies you can always guarantee that the actors are gonna give it their all like Especially know what they're going for. Yeah. Like don't expect Citizen Kane when you watch Executive Decision. Yeah. Like, you should base it off of what they're going for. And I also I also gave them a, a four on that. Did they accomplish what they were setting off for? I think they did. Like for sure. What else were they what other bar were they trying to exceed? Um and the other thing with the dedication of the role, I kind of appreciate that Steven Seagal gave the green light, like, yeah, you can kill me. Yeah. Like he was at the height of his powers. He could be like, no, I want to be in the rest of this movie. Like I want to be the hero. And they were just like, no, you die. And he said yes on it. So I kind of appreciate that. So executive decision. If you need a shitty action movie to watch, go watch it. We all do on those weekends where you just don't know what else (laughs) to do. And it's on Netflix right now. It just popped up. Oh, it is. Is it new? Like, like it just got put on there. Maybe it was, it was like a recommendation. Netflix knew I needed to watch it. I guess. <laughs> They're like, you seem like you're having just a, a low key day. Watch this. You've been watching the office too much or trailer park boys. You need to watch executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching too many love We're movies. The... Oh, watch people blow shit up. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, let's get into the Max Bemis show real quick, but I just want to mention that I went to a, um, play it similar to the music. Cause I want to end with, the show that we both went to. Yeah. Even though I just... You went to another show, though. I did. Uh, last night, I just want to make a quick mention to them because they're, they're good dudes and some uh, some good pop music. They are called Mating Ritual. They're I'm pretty sure they're based out of Los Angeles, but I, I know them from San Diego area. Um, they played at the Telegram Ballroom. You ever been there? No. Never been there either. It's like this cool little... Uh, Venue, what city was it? I think it's kind of near downtown. It was cool. It was a nice little venue. Is it Dreams- like theatery? Like got that theater, old theater <clears throat> look? It has a balcony, but it's not. Because they have a lot of those like old school theater looking It's not a theater. It's not a theater. It's just like a venue. I've it's- listened to these guys though. Yeah, they're I, cool. Like, outside Catch of being mentioned. Um great show they they're great um it's not really my whole cup of tea yeah i could i could dig this kind of pop like this is one of their big hits i think this is being played on k-rock right now that's really catchy yeah k-rock is loving these guys i think the, the show is actually presented by k-rock oh that's awesome yeah um cat corbett like loves these guys and they've been other bands in the past um they were also a band called pacific air for a long time oh i remember yeah same kind that. of sound um I'm not sure why they changed like their names so much because they've also been 
Yeah, they're very much a K-Rock band for sure. They were another name. And then way back in the day, how I know them, they were a band called White Apple Tree. And I fucking love White Apple. I wish they would bring that band back other than this. I mean, I do love Mating Ritual, but the White Apple Tree was more like rock. And they had this really great drummer. I forget his name. But uh, I know I know Alex Lopez, their their bass player. Yeah, I, than, I've met him too. He's really cool. Alex Lopez knows everybody. <laughs> cool, <laughs> He's one dude. of those guys that just knows everybody. Super personable. Um, I like him. Yeah, great show. Um, I did. I kept. I caught the band before them. I don't remember what they were called, but they were really cool too. We caught the end of their set. But uh, yeah, go check them out if you're into mating ritual. Mating ritual. And I will be setting up a playlist on Spotify. So so that's right. playlist. That will have all this stuff on it, so you can go check it out. I'll make sure to share it. We'll do that first. I'll look into iTunes. You'll be the Spotify guy. I'll be the iTunes guy. Heck yeah. I haven't, I'm sure there's probably a way I could do yeah. it. I just haven't looked into it. But. We'll, make, we'll make one. We can share it. You guys can go check out some of these bands, these should hardworking we, should bands. Should we just make it one big, long playlist or one per episode? I think one big, long playlist. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. We'll work on that. We're, we're still working on this show for you guys. Absolutely. Um, so... You went to mating ritual. What then, did we go to during well, the week? We, start, we started uh, the episode with him. Um, he's no, I mean, say, when you say say anything, you, you think of a band, but it really is just Max Bemis. Yeah, I mean, he is say anything. He kind of he like wrote all the music for every album, right? Like he's he kind yeah. of. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure when he does have the band, they help. Yeah, but the overall idea, lyrics, and stuff. He. He's let's maybe not this part because he's talking. But I do, like the, I, I do like the beginning of this. Yeah, the beginning is really cool. It's only a few lines, but I'm having anxiety about it. <laughs> do you know what it is? Yep, because uh, good, you don't have to write it. Oh, yeah, let it be And the record begins with a song of rebellion. That's it? Is That's it? it? And <clears throat> the record begins with a song of rebellion. All right, so Say so Anything, cool. a Max Bemis. If you guys don't know uh, Say Anything, what are you doing with your life? Go listen to listen Say Anything. To I, I love this band. I'm sure. Do you love, love them? I do. I They are such an unusual That's a great word, unusual. Band. They, they, and not I, in a bad way. We were talking about this, and I'm like, well, what would you call this at the show? And you're like, oh, it's emo. And I'm like, yeah, but they they're, they definitely have a different, more with heavy rock. And rock. Pop. Yeah. But I mean, for, I'm I'm talking from the if like someone that only listens to like I don't know rap, you know, yeah. and and you play them this, they would go, oh, this is emo. No, it's true because they yeah. just hear the whining voice and rock. Like it hits all the, uh, yeah. the checklist of you what could, emo. Could yeah, be. hit the lyrics yeah. especially. And the yeah, and the way I mean, he was in that whole like O three, O five yeah. era of just drive through records. Emo. Yeah, I mean yeah. they were doing their thing. But uh, yeah, so this was just him solo. Um, well, and his wife. One of the things, though, that I was curious about is usually when you go to a show where it's just kind of a solo artist, like, oh, you would think acoustic guitar. The dude played an electric guitar without, which I think is kind of a bold move because it's almost like you're practicing in your room on like an amp. They're kind of but, hanging out with him. Yeah, which I thought was cool. It was it, it felt very personal. You know what I mean? Kind did of. He, did he ever pick up an acoustic? No, no acoustic. It would have been nice at least maybe a couple. Yeah, a couple songs. Because electric guitar without any effects or anything over it is 
like I said, it does sound like you're playing through a practice amp and yeah. kind of just singing over it. I thought it was great. He's just a really, really good singer. Um, I think he might have perfect pitch. I was thinking that during the, the set. He solid close yeah. to it. Yeah. He's a really guitar player, too, man. He was he didn't fuck up that much playing no. guitar. Yeah. And even singing, too. Like, I was... I'm... I'm pretty scrutiny when it comes to that. Scrutiny, yeah, I, I don't even scrutiner. Scrutinizing. Um, and I was looking for it a couple times, but like. Unless just mention how adorable he and his wife. Cherry, what's her Cherry, name? Cherry, I don't know her last name, but she played and she was in a band called Isley. She. Cherry Dupree Bemis. Yeah. They were in, great. They they have a band together called Prima Perma Pre, Perma 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 Perma. Yeah. That's what it is. Um. Oh, lots of love songs. They're more of like Wait, love song hell? band. It's super cool. Hold on, I'll tell you what Wikipedia says. So, Maxim—that's his real name. Maxim. Maxim Adam Bemis is the lead singer, primary composer, and primary art uh, lyricist for the band Say Anything. He also sings alongside. Oh yeah, have you heard Two Tongues? Mm-mm. Dude, please this week. Yeah, this is, I'm out. giving you homework. I'll listen oh, yeah. to you too. Two Tongues, their first record. The second one, it's all right. That first one, it's him and Chris Connolly from Saves, oh, Saves the Day. Really? Yeah. They, like, Max kind of basically kind of grew up loving, like, a fanboy of Saves the Day. And then Everybody they got, did. Yeah, but then they got the tour and headline over Saves the, Day, Saves the Day. Can you imagine, like, growing up, loving Thrice, and then one day you are headlining with Dustin in another band over No, but the Thrice. fact that you're like your favorite band, you're you're headlining yeah. over your favorite band. Pretty you, incredible. And then you get to hang out with them and go, hey, hey, do you want to make a record together? And they go, yeah. That's basically super what cool. Two Tongues is. And it's a great a great blend of Say Anything and Saves the Day. Like They yeah. did a really great job on that first record. So anyway, sorry. They call it a super group, Two Tongues. Uh, Why did I see Marvel that's, pop that's up? What I'm getting, that's what I'm getting up. I was getting to. Is plays alongside his wife, uh, Sherry Dupree Bemis under the the name Perma, and is a comic book writer writer chiefly for Marvel Comics. What Sherry Bemis? No, Max. Max is writing. Here we go. What Bemis has been writing comics since 2013 when he announced a four part limited series Polarity published by Boom Studios. The story follows a hero, Tim Woods, who suffers from bipolar disorder. Oh, okay. dude. This is hitting all the checkpoints of Max Bemis. And the trade paper book featured an exclusive acoustic four-song EP. Wow, he made us... What made the an, hell? What is this all about? We need to look into this. Yeah, that's really uh, cool. It recorded specific as a companion to the graphic novel. Fox optioned the right to create the story into a TV series. In 2013, Marvel Comics invited him as a guest writer on A Plus X. Do you know what that is? I have no idea what that is. But it's a it's a comic. I did not know that he was a comic book writer. That's really cool. I never made that connection. All the years I've been listening yeah. to him. Um, That's crazy. In July 2016, Marvel Comics announced a new five series. Sorry, five issue series starring Fool Killer, written by Bemis. Issue number one was released in November 2016, continuing through the March release issue number five. Bemis is penning the Marvel Legacy reboot of Moon Moon Knight. Oh, they're gonna isn't that gonna be on the new Disney Plus too? I don't know. Wow! But, wow, he's doing bigger things now. 
Hell no yeah, wonder dude. he hasn't been doing Fuck music yeah, a Max. lot. That's awesome. I love that guy, man. Yeah, and now he's a great writer. If I was for sure, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real personal right here. You ready for this? Yes. If I was gay, I would go after Max Penis. That's your type. He's just yeah. He's a superman. He does everything. He he's plays so, music. And yeah, apparently yeah. writes for Marvel. And he's just he's a good look as a chubby bearded white guy. I he's my hero. He's my Mike Trout. You yeah. know? He's like that's the dude I root for. Totally. And he's got a cute wife that sings beautifully too. And, and they have kids that are cute yeah, as they heck. They brought at least one of them. They said they yeah. had four, I think. Yeah, I think they have four. Well, they brought one the of the court. little babies on. The only thing okay, it wasn't a loud show, but I was kind of like that kid doesn't even have like headphones. I on. think he had earplugs in. I, I thought don't think I saw. So. I don't think you can put earplugs in. I like little how babies he, like when that. when she when uh, Sherry took him off stage. I think he started to get kind of fussy and Max yeah, oh, like, yeah. looked over and he's like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty adorable. Oh, and when she left the stage and gave him a kiss, yes. the entire room went, oh. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty it's adorable. Pretty incredible. They're yeah. a good team. But yeah. If you're an emo fan and you haven't heard say anything, get get into Go it. Go listen. Go listen. This is their. This or is their even f- if you aren't, they're good. Just rock music. If you just go listen to it. Not. And I'll say this: as much as I love them and Max Mimas, not every song is a banger. No. But they have a good yeah. handful that they are do. bangers. Yeah. And, and, and almost, I don't want to say he's a rapper, but if you're gonna put a lyricist that can rhyme really well, yeah, with you know compete i would put max bemos against a really good rhyme rap artist any day yeah the way he transforms song like words like the new one of the new ones is days where he uses it as like days like your head is in a daze but then also uses it as like multiple days and then even like whoa on this album this this kid's got whoa yeah it's like either you think of it as a kid got the kid has like whoa like W-O-E, he's sad, but then or they say, Whoa. like W-O-A-H. It's like, he's got, whoa. You know, yeah. that's how I, I I look at it. So I do dig his music a lot. I could talk him up all day, but. Yeah, good stuff. That was a good show, too. Yeah, it was really good. I, I would I would go see him again. It's a good ending, too. song is ending right now. I'd hope, I hope he plays a full band I want to see a full band, band yeah. yeah. I want to see a That would band. be really cool. I did get to see them. Uh, maybe, did you go with me? When they played with Say Anything, I don't think we went to it, but I got to see that tour. They toured a couple of times together, Say Anything and Saves a Day. And I think I did go to that. Reggie, the full effect opened. Ugh. I believe I was so at good. something where Saves a Day and Say Anything played as well. I feel like, because we go to so many shows yeah. together, I'm sure you were there. Um, another band, your friend's band. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's start, um, we're going to bring in Liz in a second. We're going to take a little break, but we're going to play you a... Corey's friends band. How, yeah. how do you know these guys? Um, I met them through our bassist, our old bassist in my um in my band Skylark. Uh, these guys are called the Dares. They're awesome. They've been around for a long time making music together, and all very talented. Um, super super nice dudes. Matt, Ben, and Anthony. I don't know them all, but um those three i do know and i can say they're some of the coolest dudes hardest working they they play shows all the time yeah i've definitely seen their name yeah around they played with us at slide bar a couple times i think and like malone's um yeah great great dudes i i get 
almost like Oasis vibes. Yeah, we were listening to it uh, before we had the mics. I was getting like a Strokes meets like Manus the Bear meets like Weezer. Yeah. So there's like a point where they, they get some good distortion going. Yeah, they do. Is it this song? Yeah, yeah, this is totally. Yeah, it's good, good catchy like Southern California pop. Yeah, it's really, really good. And um, I guess they're doing like yeah, singles. Part. Yeah. Dude, this is like so like Weezer. It's really, really cool. It's catchy as hell. And that they will, I think they've just been like, they work, like I said, they work really hard. They write songs all the time. They just released like a record, I think last year, and they already started writing more songs. And these are all just singles, I guess. That's what Our Last Night's doing, too, Yeah, man. dude. They, they got it going on. But we gotta, um, we got to mention Our Last Night at least once every podcast. Yeah, right? I know, right? They're like <laughs> the favorite. Um, but this song's called Western Bloom. It's on Spotify. It's it's really, really good. Um, it it just It's a feel-good song. I really like it. Let's play, let's play another one uh, going into our breaks. So people can listen to it. Yeah. Um, so... Before we go, I will um, kind of add them into one of our stories. Um, so just so you can see where they're from. They're called The Dares. You mean on social media? Yeah, social yeah, yeah. media. Okay. Um, go give them a listen. They work really hard. They play all the time in Southern California. So, you know, check it out if you can. But here we go. Dares, what's this, this one, one, what's this one called? This one's called It's Your World. It's an old song, but I wanted to give you like a gamut. The white I like it. it. Cool. All right, we'll be right back with Liz. Enjoy the dares.
nothing's impossible It's your own Welcome back. This is So So Scrutiny. We have our special guest today, Liz Stocks. Hello. Again, for what, the Welcome third back. time now? Welcome <laughs> back. <laughs> yeah, our recurring guest. And also, I don't think a lot of people know, she's been kind of behind the scenes helping us with our promoting and social media and stuff. So she's she's definitely part of the gang. Yep. So thank yes. you, Liz, for all your help. Been here since the humble beginning. <laughs> yes, you Indeed. have. Putting up with us <laughs> upstairs. Um, Making yeah, a racket. We're, we're going to kind of pick her brain about some uh, behind the scenes of being a teacher in a little bit. But yep. We have a, like a fun little game to get the, you know, joints and stuff moving. You <laughs> the know, get, juices. Yeah. Take a little break. Um, explain the game a little bit. We, what was the name that we came up with? Um, the name? It is called Stupid Synopsis. Stupid Synopsis. So explain S- the story. Or so the essentially, game. I was looking through BuzzFeed and they had an article about really stupid pl- film plots explained. I guess I could say film plots explained badly. It's kind of just like a one sentence answer written on Twitter. Yeah. And then it's you have to guess the movie based on the one sentence bad synopsis. So let's get let's give an example. So for example, and you two well, would be competing against each us, other. Because yeah, we're gonna Liz and I are gonna compete, yeah. but give us one that we, we haven't heard yet. Like Okay. Just, like you said one earlier. Reclusive weirdo and his mutant employees lure children into his factory with sweets and then dispose of them oh. one by one. So you didn't say this one earlier. You could have saved that one. It's Willy Wonka. Or yes. It, or is it Charlie Chocolate Factory? Oh wait. It is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. It, could either, it could be either one. Yeah, because that one <laughs> kind of works on two levels. Yeah. So, yeah, I get the idea. He's going to, Corey's going to, we're also going to write our own coming up. Yeah. I like this idea, but right now we're just going to do all the ones Going off of good old BuzzFeed and Twitter users out there. Yes. So, thank you all. Um, okay, so Let's are we ready? It. All right. So, whoever <laughs> says it first gets the point. Okay. And I guess we'll do what, like, a few rounds? I, Is anyone we, keeping score? Yeah, you want you got yeah, keep paper. score. Should we say our name as our buzzer, not just blurt out the name like Robert? Sure. Okay. All right, ready? Liz, you're, I'm Robert. You're Liz. Ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here it goes. Half fish, half woman sells vocal cords Robert. to kids. Who? I'm gonna say. Uh, God damn it. Um, Shape of Water. Nope. Can I steal? You can keep, yeah. You can, yeah, you can go. Keep Little Mermaid. Yes. <sighs> Little Mermaid is correct. Liz, a point. Of course. Half. I was I was just thinking I heard fish and, okay. All right. Can we Every just time. say like buzz or something? Eh. Or, yeah, something okay. dumb like <laughs> it's that. It's going to get annoying. <laughs> All right, ready? Let's go. Here it goes. Man buys singing rabbit from Chinatown. Rabbit gets wet and breeds lizards. Lizards destroy town. What? <laughs> Hold on. Bunny. <laughs> I have no idea. Bunny and lizards? Can I just read it again? Read, yeah, yeah, read one it more again. Time. Man buys singing rabbit from Chinatown. Rabbit gets wet and breeds lizards. Lizards destroy town. Oh. Oh, what's this called? Okay. Is it gremlins? 
Yes. Oh, Gremlin. Really? I was thinking that, but it's not a oh, rabbit. That's like a, such a. Word. It kind of looks like one. It's bad. Remember, bad. I heard film. the water part. I was like, is it gremlins? But it's not a rabbit. It's like and an alien. Keep in mind, these and don't have to be exactly accurate. It's okay. just like. All right. All right. I'm okay. Getting, ready? Getting, I, even I'm getting the use of this game. Okay. All right. Here we go. And I hope well done, the listeners are playing too. Yeah. They're probably yelling at their like, device. Oh, I know gremlins! it. <laughs> All right, here it goes. A very old-looking teenage girl wears hot pants and learns to smoke to win her boyfriend back. Then they sing. What is it? Grease. Oh, oh yeah. God damn it. Another Liz, one. Liz is good at this. Liz is good at everything. God. Come on. I watch a lot of movies. All right, y'all ready? Let's do it. Well, so does Robert. I, 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 I'd like to say I do, too, yeah. Okay, here we go. Hamlet with lions. But better than Hamlet. Uh, what is I it? I forgot. I said no, you got Buzz it. and Liz. Uh, Lion King. Yes. Lion King. That one. <laughs> These are easy, though. Ready? Not really. I'm not getting them. <laughs> Here's another one. Yeah, Rabbits and lizards. Get out of here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Next one. Stop talking about pets. Play the game. Here we go. Innocent staff turned into a teapot, clock, and candlestick. Rely on stock. Uh, Robert. What is it? Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And the end of that was innocent staff turned into teapot, clock, and candlestick. Rely on Stockholm syndrome to save themselves <laughs> and loved ones. <laughs> All right. That was easy. Ready? Okay. Okay. Um, here we go. Russian sailor who dreams of polygamous freedom in America dies on submarine. <laughs> Russian sailor who dreams of polygamous freedom in America dies on submarine. Do, 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 I have no do, idea. Do. <laughs> is, this, is this an easy one? Since well, if you know submarine movies. Uh, eh, I'm going to say Hunt for October? Yes, really? the Hunt for Red October. I've never watched Does he that. die on the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. Sean Connery does die at the end. Yeah. Ready? I thought he got away. Okay. Yeah. Never seen it. Oh, oh this one. You better one. be quick. You better be ready because okay. I think you guys will know this one. Eh, ready? I got it. Okay. <laughs> Free guess. <laughs> Patrick Stewart sets up a school for dangerous. Eh. Who is it? X Men. X Men. Yep. But it's Patrick Stewart sets up a school for dangerous adolescents where none of the staff have any teaching qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> it should instead of saying the actor's name, it should have said like bald quadriplegic right. or yeah quad, quad i guess he's bi so when we write these we can take you know yeah that was so easy to, okay all right ready be ready okay. old man with balloons abducts eh. y- what uh. yep up <laughs> old man with balloons, man balloons abducts young boy after his <laughs> wife leaves him there's a dog involved <laughs> that's the end of it yeah <laughs> there's a dog involved. <laughs> um yeah <laughs> What's the score right now? Uh, five to three. three. I have five. All right, so that's eight. All right, we'll do a few more. A large iceberg's peaceful... Eh. Yes. Titanic. Yep. <laughs> a large iceberg's peaceful, calm life comes to an abrupt end as largest ship collides with it. <laughs> <laughs> they give the... From their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The sad iceberg that got hit. Poor guy. Okay. Um... Okay. Oh, no, that one doesn't. I don't like that one. Um, here we go. A couple of tiny little blokes take three long films to return a piece of unwanted jewelry. Uh, Who? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Whoop. I mean, does it say a specific one or just the series? Just Lord of the okay. Rings. 
Are you keeping red score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have probably <laughs> seven. You've only written four. No. You have four. I have six. All right, ready? Kid goes back in time to stop an old man being his dad's boss. Yes. <laughs> Who is it? Is it? Is it Back to the Future? Yes. Okay. <laughs> to stop an old I was man thinking, being was his it maybe, dad's boss. Maybe it was the second one? Uh, no, just... Yeah, well, I think it would be, It'd be the second two, one. right? With Biff being the yeah. CEO of the hotel, right? Well, no, in the first one, too, though, the beginning, uh, Biff is kind of like, not his boss, but he's like bullying him around. Mm-hmm. It kind of works for both. All right. So right now we've done 11. You want to go up to... I don't know. Maybe 15 or so. Okay. What's like the best out of, what's best out of 15? Or out of 10? Seven? <laughs> yeah. Something like I have that. six. You have so five. So if you need, you get, you need one more. All right. Okay. To win. Best of fifteen. All right. Boy learns to dance with no effect on pit closure. Huh? Pit closure. And I'm gonna what? say uh, Billy Elliot. Yes. Woo! Billy Elliot. I've never. Seen That's that. a deep cut. I just, I, just had think, I, I was just thinking deep dancing cut. boy. <laughs> that guy. Um, the guy that played Billy Elliot was just in a recent movie. He was in. <laughs> He's still an actor. He's doing really great. I can't think of his name. Um. Anyways, sorry. I've never seen that. He's still doing stuff. All right. Here we go. Is this for the win? Is this is for the win. Yeah, we're tied now. Oh Get yes, back. this is dun, the dun, the winner. Dun, dun. Ready? Here we go. An underage girl runs away from a Kansas farm with three unemployed. Eh. Yes. Wizard of Oz. Yep. <sighs> For the win. So Came let me back. read the let me read the whole thing. It's funny. An underage girl runs away from a Kansas farm with three unemployed drifters, <laughs> does drugs, and goes on a killing spree. <laughs> That's kind of very true. Yeah, they get into poppies. Yeah. All right. Thank so, you. Thank you. Well, Robert, that, when you guys are I started off strong. Both yeah, you had awesome. some, and those ones were really hard, dude. Yeah. I, I'll give you I'll tip my cap to those ones. I uh I lost to the movies I haven't seen. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which we need I to... I gotta be honest, I've never seen Billy Elliot. I just heard Dancing okay. Boy, and I just... That was the first yeah. thing that popped You're in You're right, dude. Got it. I didn't know that And one. I wasn't even sure. Like, that's such a that's a deep pull. Yeah. I'm surprised they had that on really there. Really deep cut. That's great. That's a fun little game that we can play. Yeah. I like it. But, and, and if you, you guys think of them... Oh, please send them to please us. Please send them. Yeah. I, I want to keep playing games, at least. Maybe one little one each yeah, episode Yeah, they're super fun. I like listening to podcasts that do those. I told you about that. English one, right? Yes. We'll get into that. It's we'll called do that. Hinky Pinky. If any of you guys know that from England, get ready for that. Because it's it's actually kind of, not similar to this one, but it's it's rhyming, kind of making fun of, I don't know. It's not really similar. Maybe we but. should do that one next week. Yeah. I'll, I, the other thing is it's going to be better if we pre-write them. It's yeah. Good, it's, it's a good line game. If you got, you know, like at Disneyland, you're standing in line and mm. you, got, you got to think of something to do, yeah. which is great. But for the podcast, I'll write them down. But it's a Sweet. Fun game. But I like that one. Stupid synopsis. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. Good times. All right. Good you know, one. We should probably figure out a name for this next segment because I feel like Liz is going to be on you uh, on here a lot and you guys talk about teachers and stuff. Um, so, Liz, <laughs> what's on your mind as a teacher? What's been going on? I see a, a list over there. Um, so let's, let's start off with the thing that we were talking about earlier just to get it off because I know what, what I'm talking about. box tops? Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know about like know of them but don't know it's still kind of going on so what's the app called so okay so back in the day um used to buy like usually cereal and other things and there's little squares that you could cut out and give them back to your school and for every square you turn in it's 10 cents 
but now it's shifted to online with an app. So you have to get your receipt and scan it, and then the school gets 10 cents. And those are called box tops, right? Because yeah. um, I was just thinking about all the little things that we have to do in schools you don't really think about. Like when you're a kid, you think like, oh, cool, we have an assembly. You don't really think about why you have an assembly or how the school got the assembly, but you have to fundraise to oh, have assemblies because yeah. assemblies cost <laughs> hundreds of dollars. So, like, with our school, we do box tops to get assemblies. Oh. And, like, field trips and stuff, And field right? trips and things like that, yeah. Do they have, like, because I feel like when some of the assemblies we used to have, they had, like, um, they were sponsored. Do they still do that, like, by companies and stuff? Or mm. is that not a thing anymore? I feel like it's some companies should... would come in and, like, sponsor assemblies. I mean, there's be, nonprofits like, that come in. Okay. Sometimes they'll, do, that's what I'm thinking they'll do a free one. Yeah, but okay. Instead of us fundraising, they are the ones fundraising. Yeah. But if it's a company, they're going to ask for money. Yeah. So basically the app, it, in it works with kind of the more popular grocery stores and stuff? Like not so much? Uh, no, I mean, you can get them anywhere. It's just it. Um, if you go on the Box Tops website, it shows participating companies. Gotcha. So it's just, or participating products or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the most common ones are... Uh, I'm only thinking of Annie's, even though that's not super popular. Annie's, um, a lot of cereals. Yeah. Um, Didn't she say, was Up and Up one of them? No. No. uh, Wasn't it a kind of like stationary brand? uh, or Office Supplies too. Yeah. uh, Pet, uh, I can't think of what it's called. Or not Office Max, the other one? No, no. No, like a brand. brand. Um, I'm at a loss right now. Starts with a P. Um, paper mate. Yeah, paper, paper mate. mate. A lot of paper mate products are. Okay. They make real good felt tip pens. Yeah. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> from the teacher's perspective. <laughs> but nice. it's like, um, so every time I go shopping, I make sure I save my receipts and scan so I can make sure my school gets money. I don't get any of that money. It's for the kids. Uh, well, I like to set up at least maybe going forward. Maybe we can do that with the podcast. But if people don't have someone to send their receipts in, they can send. They can just send photos, right? Yeah. I just need the very top of the receipt. With it the shows the purchase date the and the barcode. That's it. I don't need to know what you're buying. Yeah. Just yeah. Exactly. Top. That's even the best part. Yeah. You just you don't. We don't need to see you're buying massive things of mac and, and cheese yeah. and condoms and yeah you, <laughs> weird shit like that mac and Ten cheese cents. and condoms like yeah, i'm not the one that? hey listen that's the imaginary person I, I i i brought up that's what they're buying i'm not buying that that person watches a that's lot the of star dude in my wars brain. I don't plays know who a lot is, of world but, of warcraft yeah that'd be kind of a, you know because i think a lot of people buy stuff and don't just throw the yeah. receipt away. Like, I'm going to start sending you guys pictures of it and stuff. And Yeah. Because it a little bit helps, right? Yeah. 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 How much, I remember you were telling me that you guys only get a so many, uh, so much money you could write off, right? With yeah. your taxes. There's a cap on that. Mm-hmm. What's that, like 250 $250. And then everything else is out of your pocket. Like, you can't write off. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've never had a school year where I only spent $250. I would say I, on average. I, that's probably how much I spend just in the month before school starts yeah. prepping to go back to work. Wow. I'd say on average we spend a grand. I mean, now that we've been teaching longer, it's less. Yeah. But when you get hired and you're brand new to teaching, yeah. you have to buy a lot of your stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get evaluated as a teacher, kind of like with any job, like if you work at McDonald's or whatever, you have your, um, like to get a Yearly raise. Yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Review. So part of our review is something called classroom environment. And they walk in and kind of see like, oh, the room makes me feel calm. This is a good learning um, spot for kids. 
but a lot of it relies on what you buy for your classroom. Mm, yeah. And then backing up from there, uh, most teachers or when they're student teaching, they don't get paid. No. So you have like anywhere from one semester to two semesters of not working. Then you apply for a job where you're expected to have this adorable room with all these supplies from the job you didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the beginning years, it's really rough. Yeah. When it comes oh, yeah. To, but now yeah. that you've, you've also realize what you need and don't need yeah and yeah I, when i first started teaching i thought i had to buy like all the pre-made posters and all that stuff and that stuff's not needed at all mm. um but like when i first got hired one of the criteria is a classroom library so you have to buy books oh, no, so books. i'm graded on having a classroom library but i don't get the funding to supply my classroom library but they, all the kids have tablets now and they can't they just read books on mm. my district doesn't have tablets oh. It also depends on the funding. Yeah, we we got we all have Chromebooks, but that doesn't happen for every district. You Do know? you have to have a library in your classroom? No. Okay. But I'm a middle <laughs> you school. You like giggles? What? No. <laughs> no I like I'm I don't a, have to have. That. I'm an English teacher, and I really should have more books. I have a little bit of a library, but like you said, a lot of the on the Chromebook they have all their well books. Also, yeah. at my current school or even in my district, every classroom has, a, or every school has an actual librarian and a library. Yeah. At my old school where I was required to have a class library, it was because we didn't have a school library. Wow. We didn't have a librarian or a school library, so the only books my kids had access to <laughs> were the ones, the ones I bought wow. or that's, got from like, so then lot. that's another thing. On our weekends when it's our time off, oh, teachers, you must be so lucky. You have summers off and whatever. I go on to garage sales, hunting around, yeah. Goodwill, cool. trying to get books. Are the, I'm sure there's like organizations that can like donate yeah. stuff too, but that, I mean, uh, so teachers rely a lot on something called donors choose. It's basically crowd, uh, what's it called? Crowdfunding. Crowdfunding. Yeah. Crowd, yeah. Crowdfunding. Yeah. Um, you write a little proposal of like what you're going to use the money for and then people donate and then you buy it. Oh wow. Um, there are some districts that have that banned. Why? Because it makes the school look bad that they're not supplying you with what you need, but they won't supply you with what you need. <laughs> so all that means is the teacher buys it with their own money. Yep. <laughs> Like, that they can only write off two hundred fifty dollars worth of. So weird. I, I I like this this segment. We've we've done this a couple of times, just picking your guys's brain. Because yeah. like I said, I, I consider myself a civilian when it comes to the teaching world. I don't have kids. I, I only just had schooling like everybody else. Yeah. In the world, um, but God, it pisses me off when you guys tell me these friggin' war stories that. Oh, it's, it's crazy. We're there's supposed there's, to be like the generation that we're supposed to be smarter and better than us, and it's we're not. But we're not. Try. Yeah, we're not really supplying them with everything they and need. And luckily, you guys love what you guys do. I hear you guys say this all Hell the time, yeah. but I know for sure those teachers out there they're just getting a paycheck and just like, yeah. babysitting, basically, right? Yeah, and I don't know how they keep going because it's like, getting you, harder. You, not, you hate it. Like, yeah. why are you still like? If you hate your job, you can yeah. make more money doing something else. For sure, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that. Yeah. Well, it's it's also it's exhausting. I don't. It's an exhausting job. If you don't have a love for it, then you burn out pretty quick. I don't know how they're still into it. I, um, I am a big Adam Carolla fan, and he he talks. It's an all fun and games. He knows he knows that there's good guys and, yeah. and, and ladies out there that. Like you guys are doing the Lord's work with these kids, but he does make fun of teachers a lot saying, oh yeah, you have summers off and you have yeah. all this stuff off and you complain about all this stuff. And I, I laugh at it, but then I hear you guys and it's like, if only this asshole heard from yeah. 
people actually in the trenches well, of what's going on. So, uh oh, sounds like an analogy time <laughs> for me. Oh, what's your analogy, dude? Oh, that's a good uh, Corolla, the, uh, the master at that too. Is I love to hear yours. What is it? <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, we were just talking about baseball downstairs, yeah. right? So imagine that we believe that when we go to games, that is the only time baseball players are like on the clock, like mm-hmm. just the games. Yeah. That's it. After the game, they go home and they do nothing else till the next game. Yeah. But there's that behind the scenes stuff where they're practicing. They go play in other states. Weightlifting. Yeah. Baseballs. They're looking at tape. Yeah, they're doing all this behind the scenes. And we don't see that. But for some reason, we understand that about athletes. Yeah. Uh, Or same thing with like concerts. We're talking about that, too. The, the show you go to, like before, leading up to that, they were recording, they were writing lyrics, they were buying they equipment. appeared yeah. on yeah. stage and are amazing at yeah. it. So people are like, oh, but you only teach from eight to three every day. No, that's our show. That's our performance. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. then after that, now we're prepping for the next show. And it's every day. Yeah, yeah you guys are basically like doing crowd work and stand up to the same crowd every yep. day. Yep. <laughs> and you have to and have some stand up. You can't use the same up. material. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's a great one. I you like see that. when you bring up Adam Carolla with that, like I don't blame people for not knowing cuz on paper it looks what it like is. It. Yeah, it's like yeah, cuz that's what it looks like. the same schedule as the kids and you remember yeah. Yeah. having summer off and it was a blast, but Yeah, it it yeah. makes sense that people would think that, and I understand that you think that, but you're wrong. Like, there's a lot <laughs> I mean, more to it. I got another example of that, too. Here we go. That um, everyone thinks because they've been a student, they know what it's like to be a teacher. But mm. if I go to the doctor once a year, I don't know how to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> you're right. You, you can't just, yeah, you don't, you don't know it. Like, let's put these parents in your guys' shoe five days a week you know so many weeks they can't there's no way you could do that public speaking just in general like isn't that one of the most common like fears is just public speaking and you guys have to do that every day well the funny thing with most teachers i talk to is we're totally fine being in front of a room of kids we're terrified of talking to adults or being observed yeah Yeah. that's like the bit one person observing us is bigger than like a hundred kids being in a room with like adults i don't dance i don't do anything like that but if i'm with the kids i am so silly Mm -hmm. i i dance with them i do voices i do everything but not with adults (laughs) yeah that's nice yeah um what else you got on this list what else you want to talk about i i mean i just kind of started writing down all the little things that people don't don't even think about again, yeah that, hit me. yeah so again because it's that that misconception that it's eight to three monday through friday and you only work from september to june and then you're done the whole summer's free every weekend's free and your evenings are free and that's that's not how it is at all no and you again you guys have been going to school yourselves yes. in the meantime too, doing our just, masters just to get further into your own career yeah um so that you have that on top of that. Yeah. Yeah. I And you guys are having to do like summer school and yeah, potential professional maybe, development and potential like um, winter program just to like pay the bills. Right. Yeah. Too. And, and it's yeah, like, that's not the like thing you guys too. are getting paid right. $100,000 a year. People no. are like, oh, it must be nice to have summers off. Yeah. Summers off without pay. Yeah. And then people will say, no, but I have friends that get paid in the summer their own money. Mm. Yeah. They get their salary and they divide it out evenly to 12 months instead of getting paid what they would get paid so that they can pay their bills. Mm. And some districts do the 12 month thing. Others will only allow you to do 10 and others will allow you to spread it between 11. Mine's 11. You're 11 too. Mine's 11. Like you can be on a 10, 11 or 12 usually 
pay scale or pay plan. like a pay plan. Yeah. Um, but with both of us being teachers, we have one month a year where neither of us gets a paycheck for wow. an entire month. So you save the entire year that one paycheck. You save that amount and then you put it in the bank and you don't touch it. You hope you don't touch it because <laughs> you got to buy supplies. And guess you what? Go back to work. <laughs> you know those uh you know those whiteboard markers that we used to give you for free? Well guess what? You don't get those anymore. You gotta buy them. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean my school's really good about providing most things, but there's some things that they don't provide. Mm-hmm. It's they yeah, I at my old district they didn't buy anything. Yeah. At this district I work at, I get paper i get pencils i get crayons so i don't have to pay for that stuff but it's little things again that we don't think about every little tub or container or organizational thing that's all purchased by us it really yeah. adds up after a while yeah and then like these kids <clears throat> you expect them to come in with this these supplies too for themselves mm-hmm. and how like what is the percentage of kids that come in don't have that stuff most or like over 50 percent i would at least in my school yes they don't have their supplies but even if they do (laughs) sounds kind of mean they bring in pointless stuff so the parents will spend a ton of money on making sure they have like scented markers instead of a school (laughs) year's worth of pencils yeah because that's what the kids want yeah i I want so they'll come with like a super cool like pencil box and really distracting items that i don't really want them to have in the classroom anyway yeah and I just, I want the most basic of supplies. Yeah. I I would say most of my kids will bring in what they need. Yeah. And they usually have pencils. But there well, are days. Also, everything is going very digital, yeah. too. So it's not, it probably is, the parents aren't looking at it as an assessment. Why, yeah. why do I need pencils and pencils when we have a tablet? We can do everything on that. Yeah, and we've been trying to kind to of pay for it. combine both sort of at our school. Do you guys have projectors in your room or like overheads yeah yeah your projectors projectors yeah well, that's that's cool i mean you can and do a lot of stuff with your computers that way right yeah i yeah. so that's another part of that time that people don't realize um i make a powerpoint for every single day me too and since i teach them for the whole day i make from eight to threes worth of powerpoints for make, every day it's like a mini year. like ted talk for little kids yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> exactly um, we teach 180 days of the school year so i make 180 days worth of powerpoints a year so if you need but, a powerpoint and, but you also do you recycle them from the previous year can you go back and like i wish but uh stuff changes yeah. so much year to year and districts implement new things year to year that you can kind of take parts of it, but like to just, just leave it and like, start. cool, I'll just reuse this next year. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. And even like for my case, I get traded, I get changed grade levels every year. So I'll save my stuff from first grade and then I'll find out next year I'm teaching fifth. Yeah. yeah can't use that at all. And a lot of times they, you know, when you get observed, they say, well, what would you change about that lesson? And you have to go back and change it. And if you don't that year, then next year you have to go and say, I wonder, I forget what I could have changed about this mm. lesson. And then you really have to dig deep to kind of figure out what little changes have to be made to everything. Crazy. Yeah. What else? Uh, okay. I, I don't know. I was just thinking of, again, things that take time that we don't think about. Yeah. I don't think people realize how long it takes to staple packets or <laughs> oh, cut yeah. things out and glue them. Or sharpen or, pencils. And you guys don't have, like, assistants or people that come in. No. I remember, no. like, 
some of my classes might have had like teacher teacher's aides. That's what I was thinking. Of. Back so when we were able to afford them. <laughs> it it also depends on your community. A lot of school districts do have parent volunteers, but that's yeah. if you're lucky enough to work in a community where parents don't want, work and want to do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> Mo- I know in my community, most of my parents work two, three jobs. Yeah, so they do do not have time no. to come in and volunteer as much as they would want to. I I know for sure I have parents that would want to. No parents want to want to. Uh, volunteer in middle school i have here's here's the thing i know we talked about it before but i know some people might not have heard it is the public versus charter i know you have very strong feelings on this maybe real quick i know it's a very hard subject to like put in a nutshell but for like the common civilian like myself what is that all what's the difference between the two so sorry yeah sorry another thing is with corolla he's very pro um charter schools yeah and Doesn't then I've heard, and then me. I hear you, and I go, "Oh, Corolla's wrong." <laughs> so yeah, tell me from your perspective. What, so and Corey, I want to hear you too. But. Charters and public schools are actually both public schools. Yeah, I don't think people realize yeah. that. I think they think charter, they think private. Yeah, yeah. So they're both public. They're both publicly funded. Um, the only thing is that public schools are wholly publicly funded, and charter schools, a lot of times, have partnerships or like some other overhead they're working with so they can get other programs so i will say charter on paper always sounds better yeah um charter schools try to do stuff that's a little less traditional so at my old charter school we had um a dance program we had a yoga program so yeah that's really cool stuff you've worked in both it's not like you've you're only public and i'm never working i worked for a charter school for three years in south los angeles and now i work at a public school yeah yeah it's still in la county um, but the thing about charter schools is that they're not run by superintendents. They're run by CEOs and like, that's what they call them. So it wow. is a business. Yeah. Um, and they, we, we don't always check where the money is going. So at my old charter school, my CEO got arrested for embezzlement and, um, she embezzled millions of wow. dollars. And because it's a public school, that means she embezzled public funds from that community. The part that makes me mad about charter schools is where they tend to be. Mm. Charter schools tend to be in areas where parents are either immigrants, they don't speak the language, or they work a lot, and they're not there to advocate for themselves. Mm. So the charter schools take advantage of those families kind of hoping, like, oh, I've, I've heard a lot of good things, and I want the best for my kids, so I will put my kid there. Yeah. And butts and seeds and, means money. Yeah. And there tends to not be charter schools in really affluent communities a lot of the time because those parents will question it and know, like, oh, I don't, I don't like. They got the time to look into, yeah, and they they have lawyers and all that. And then if, and then also, if they're. They don't even have to go to charter because they probably have private right. schools. Right, that too. Their option is yeah. not, I don't even have to go to charter. I have yeah. private schools. So, yeah, interesting. And then, so they get the same amount of money. Like if you took public school A and charter school B, are they getting the same money funneled in? Yes and no. From, um, from taxpayers. I, yeah. I, I realize that you said yeah. charters have a little side action going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the money coming in, it's about the same? Yeah, it is about the same, but... Um, like Bill and Melinda Gates are big on charters. So a lot of times their foundation will give more money to charters. So mm-hmm. they get with, with the idea that we have failing public schools. Right. Um, and then the other issue too is public schools already don't get funded 
enough mm-hmm. and they get funding based on attendance. Char- more charter schools are getting built. So those kids that are supposed to feed into that public school are now feeding into the charter school, which means that the public school has less enrollment. They're going to lay off more teachers and they're going to pull more funding. Yeah. So a lot of people like myself feel that instead of saying, oh, the public schools are terrible. We need to open charter schools. If you have extra money, donate it to your local public school or local public better. school district. Make them better. If you think it's a problem and you have the means to fix it. Don't then, make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> don't say, oh, well, I'm just going to pull my kids and put them over here. Because most people that can do that already have money. Yeah. Yeah. And then the par- the kids that are left behind are the ones that really need funding. Yeah. So. That's a good debate. I mean, I, it is. I, 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 it's, from an outside perspective, I see kind of both sides. I definitely lean with you yeah. guys because, because especially because you've seen, I think, <clears throat> I mean, how how common is it that a teacher that's been working in the public schools have worked with both? Oh, very common uh, actually. Nowadays, it's pretty common okay. um, because charter schools are really hard work. Like I always talk about how much work we do. Charter schools are twice that i mean i had no life yeah when i worked at a charter school me either so um do you get paid better no, no. not necessarily okay not but at it's my a school super no. super high turnover rate so most of those teachers that work in charter schools will only work there for about two or three years and that's why there's there's more openings in charter schools than there are in public so a lot of newer teachers end up Seems so needing to go into the charter system. That's why you have great teachers in the charter system because they're new. They have they're fresh out of college. They have these new ideas. They right go and s- yeah, exactly. that's what I was gonna say. And then they burn out. Like the light goes out of their eyes. I almost burned out in I would say four months, worked, three months. You worked at one too. Yeah, okay. I quit three months in. It was insane. Wow. It's it I. I it's will the be the first like to well just everything. The, ki- the kids yeah. were tough. We had no support. Um, everything's your fault as a teacher. Yes. There's no. Oh, oh yeah. There's no this? unions. Yeah. There's no schools. unions. Well, we huh. had a union, but it was not really. Um, you could still get like fired, like on a didn't matter on a dime. You, still you know, pay in somehow. Yeah, like I. But you guys, you guys are in a union now, right? Like teachers union. We're what? Sorry. You're part of a public yeah. school union. Is there and we're just, strong. <clears throat> we're very strong. There's one, but then they have like different branches within the union. How's that? Yeah, because there's a um, like a California one, and then yeah. there's chapters. Okay. Yeah. I've never been a part of a union. Yeah, and it's 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 know. really good because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, they protect bad teachers, and it's like. No, not really. Um, we're still evaluated. Yeah. We're still, like you said, scrutinized. We still have to perform. You can be put on like suspension and academic, you know, or not academic program improvement plans and yeah. all of that. It's just it, and it protects you, have, you from the BS that can happen, yeah. you know. And and even if you have tenure too. The yeah, well, yeah, you can still be fired. It's a lot harder, but you can still be fired. Yeah. That's also the misconception that when, with tenure, there's no way to ever get rid of you. Yeah. Um, I'm a tenured teacher, and I got laid off Yep. a lot two years ago. So and you go. almost got and laid I, off was, last year. That was when I found out that tenured teachers could be laid off. Yep. I had no job. Like, it was done. Sorry, yeah, you're tenured, but you don't have a job. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, then, it's, it's, luckily, uh, I 
once this next school year started, they needed teachers again, so they called me and I got rehired. Mm-hmm. But it I, is scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was safe. <laughs> Poor teachers. I feel so yeah. bad for you guys. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like most of us, you talk to like, I'd say a good like 80% of teachers. They love what they do. Yeah. Like, I, I get the misconception that of, you know, you get summers off and all that. It makes sense. Cause that's what all of what you see. But when you're in a classroom and you have as many responsibilities as you have, and you're ready to pull your hair out. And you yeah. finally imagine, get that vacation. Imagining you know? like my worst job I ever had and then adding 30 little kids running around me. That seems yeah. like ugh, Armageddon to me. It's, so it's I can't even. Pretty tough. And we I, also don't just like keep them alive. We have to have them do things. Yep. Like, yeah. Like and solve very math problems high and read critical and thinking. write essays. And we won't, yep. I don't want to get into it too deep. But then I know you have talked about uh, like bodily functions yes. oh yeah you have to deal with them like do you have to do with that with the older kids they, they got their yeah. sh- shit together right but no i've had i've i had one kid my first year projectile vomit oh. all over one of the like one of the areas of my room and like all the kids like they were just like soaked in vomit oh it was it was nice. crazy well, okay. Yeah, I don't want to gross out. <laughs> yeah. But, but on top of that, you guys have to deal with all these little kids and their hormones and. Oh yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah, and then so now I'm thinking of other things people don't realize. Yeah. Um, how terrible rainy day schedule is <laughs> for teachers. Jeez. I it, loved rainy days. I know, and that's the. Yeah. All, I'm just thinking of the, <laughs> the stuff that most do. kids love yeah. that teachers hated. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll give a reason why rainy yeah. day schedule is so terrible. So, as an elementary teacher, we don't get a lot of restroom breaks. Mm-hmm. I get to go to the restroom right before school starts at 8. Then I go again at recess at 9.45. Then at lunch at 12.30. And then end of the day at like 3. So those are my only restroom breaks I'm allowed to take. With um, rainy day schedule, you don't get to take them out to recess. Someone's supposed to come and relieve you to go to the restroom. But sometimes they forget or they're busy. (laughs) Yeah. Or you're understaffed or something. Yeah. Understaffed. Yeah. I'm not pissed. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you, you know how hard it is? To like hold it from like eight to twelve thirty. Yeah, I'm now remembering too. A lot of those times, my teachers would combine the classes because there was two like fifth grade yeah. classes. Yeah, let's put them all under one roof where one of them dips they out. Yeah, yep. yeah, they can. So yeah, I, I've had to do that. I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah, but and then also because teachers are speaking all day, you need to drink water. Yeah. Yep. So it's not like you can. Oh, we'll just hold it or whatever. Um. So, yeah, so there's that. You have to drink water. And then I always think about those cool water bottles that have the hours of, like, how often you should drink water. Mm-hmm. And I can't drink those. No I way. have to strate- strategically drink my water. I don't drink a lot in the beginning, like, before recess. And then right before recess, I chug a bunch. So then I can go to the bathroom. Like, I have to time so when I can use the restroom. That sounds yeah. awful. My yeah. urination schedule. <laughs> Depends on the kids. Yeah. That sounds so weird. Yeah. Dude, but the crazy thing is, is... is your like body gets used to having to go at certain times. Yeah. So even when I'm off, it's like, oh, it's like twelve twenty four, yeah. and I have to piss really bad. This is weird. <laughs> Why at twelve twenty? Oh, it's because that's the time I go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, got it. <laughs> One last question, and yeah. we'll uh, head out of here because it's getting hot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've kind of I think I've talked to you off mic, but curious, what is the grade? Which grade would you guys dream to be teaching maybe next year? Like if you had the choice, 
teach 12th grade or even college like what would be maybe a grade minus that you, third you could see grade. Your, you could see yourself doing it for the rest of your career yep third grade third grade that's a good little you see them kind of third, uh, come online and yeah really, we have talked about this before, yeah a little but bit, yeah they just they are still little and you can still do stickers and fun activities with them but the stuff they can do in third grade is incredible like i had my kids doing project like powerpoints and they do presentations and they work in groups yeah. and they can problem solve and do all these amazing things i think that's yeah. when like i figured out dinosaurs which was always fun too yeah. so kids are really into dinosaurs oh right yeah now. like yeah. it never ends i i have like three students that are obsessed with dinosaurs it's great this too because it's like not easy words to say like mm-hmm. it's all the latin words and stuff that's, they know yeah. how to say them though it's and pretty great yeah Corey, did you know there's a dilophosophosaurus <laughs> No, that's the kind of thing no. they say. <laughs> that's Sorry, dun, that's dun, my dun, impression dun, dun. of like a third grader. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably teach like eleventh or twelfth grade AP English or JC junior college. Not um, even like not even like the big big dog universities. University is cool, but I feel like JC a lot of times gets like the shit end of the stick, like. I had some of my best professors in JC and I went to talking about this. Yeah. yeah, Like some of just the amazing rich conversations I had Mm -hmm. were better than I would say probably 30 to 40% of the professors I had in university at like Cal state long beach. Not saying they were terrible. I'm just saying I felt like I, you know, garnered most of my knowledge of literature from, jc like that's my love for literature came during jc uh, yeah (laughs) jesus christ uh um junior college like all my ability to analyze and really dig deep and be concise with my writing came from jc like i i loved my jc experience so you want to go back there and do and then be the teacher to teach it or like 12th grade or 11 my 11th graders that that one that spot yeah Yeah, in my like my 11th graders that i taught at i taught at rancho here in like near garden grove oh you did or in garden grove yeah for student taught there so i did like my my internship basically Oh, okay i didn't know that i had 11th grade english and it was amazing i love those kids they like they're at an age where they're almost adults and it's they love discussion and that's my favorite part of teaching is discussion having them talk to each other having them be like ask questions you know be curious question curious. everything and i like that about curiosity I, is something that's being lost yeah that's I something that. i feel that has changed in schooling now than it was when we were kids back yeah. in the day you could not question a teacher or you couldn't disagree with anything and i don't know i'm sure there's teachers like that still yeah but i know for me and Corey, and i guess teachers our age we're open to yeah like kind of changing the way that we talk about things and actually having the boldness to say you know what i don't know I'll come back to you tomorrow with an answer. I'd love to talk to you about yeah, that. Yeah, because a long time ago, teachers couldn't act no, like they didn't like, know uh, anything. Uh, make something up. Yeah, you know? I I do not make stuff up. When you're saying I don't that, know it. I don't. A few moments in my life, actually, it was more music teachers, but approaching a teacher and asking a question and them going, "Yeah, no, don't. I don't know that." And I appreciated like their honesty and yeah, and making and and, and 
the gratification of me going, I just, I asked my teacher a question. They didn't know it. Yeah. Wow. Like I can't yeah. wait to eat. Like, what are they going to say? Well, like, that's, that's kind of a fun. That's what scholarship is all about. Like, yeah. you don't go to college being like, oh, I'll take in whatever you say. You question, you say, okay, well, how am I going to apply this to my education? How am I going to apply this to what I already know? Mm-hmm. You don't just sit there and take in information. You talk. It, it, it's a different world. You may think you know a lot. If you don't know it, go look it up. Go talk to a teacher who's actually in the trenches. Don't Well done assume. bringing it back around. Bring it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Way to bring it back around. Like don't, yeah. don't assume. Go talk to one of us. And not charter school teachers who are forced to say, I like my charter school because if I don't, I will get fired. You know what I mean? I like, have an idea. Do you guys yeah. think it's a good idea? And it could be even like a paid thing, like jury duty, where at least at least once a year, a parent has to come and volunteer and hang out and sit in with you guys. Yeah, dude. That's actually something so schools cool. have started doing. Like forcing like people a, to yeah. come in, like a required one day service to the. It seems ridiculous. High school that parents have no idea what their kids are doing most of the day. Yeah. They come yeah. home. Hey, how was your day? Do you have any homework? No. And they just believe their kids. Like not only that. Not only this. I, I value parent input into stuff. Like that we. We need to have them as stakeholders in their child's education. Like it's so you're so important. Be fucking responsible for yeah. the little animals that you're raising. Yeah, it's what they are. They're little animals. And help them. They yeah. they need more than school. I get them for an hour a day for yeah. language arts. They need to be reading at home. Read to them. Make them read. I don't know. Unplug their damn phone or whatever. Like give them time to grow their minds. If, if you gotta show them a movie, make it like. An educational movie or <laughs> semi-educational. a beautiful piece of film. I know Citizen so Kane. many. I know so many answers on Jeopardy just from movies. Like, yeah, I know so much about like uh, Spartans and all that just because of the movie Three Hundred. Yeah, <laughs> my right? grandma always looks at me like, "How do you know who Circe's is?" I'm like, 300. He's the bad guy from Three Hundred." Yeah. Um, cool. I think I was. Enough. <laughs> we'll get into I'm more of these. I'm so sorry if I get political. I have re, and I, I'll admit. I'm probably wrong in a lot of what I say, but I have a lot of opinion. Well, that's why you have this lady next I to you. I think we all do. Who's, who knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Well, thanks, Liz. Thanks for coming yes. on again. And yeah, we'd love to have you back on and just pull back the curtain of what the world of teaching is because people don't know. It's Any, true. Anything else to close out on? Well, I was going to have a rebuttal for what you were saying Go about parents, but this podcast is going on a little <laughs> what's long, your, isn't No, it? what's it's, your rebuttal? Well, yeah, Go quick, real quick. Real what's quick, your yeah. rebuttal? I want to hear it. Uh, as... I don't know. I think at times we get frustrated with parents. Yeah. But we have to remember that I would say most parents are really trying their best. Yeah, they are. They are. And um, again, I just go keep going back to circumstances. If parents are working all day yeah. and they're being responsible and their kid is going to bed at 830 or 9 and all they have is to have dinner with them and hang out, you really want to spend it doing homework? No. Uh, you're right. So, yeah. so you're right. sometimes you need to not do the homework. Sorry, other teachers, but I have a strong stance I, on me homework. Too. Yeah, me um, too. I'll say that. And have a, a good relationship with your child so that they're happy, so that they go to school stress-free and they're ready to learn. I Boom. Like I, I like that I, too. I, I kind of, just one last thing. I, I So you don't give any homework? I'm required to by my district, yeah. but I... You make it as little um, as possible. I make it as little it. as possible, and I tell parents at Back to School Night, I know life happens. If you have games and other things happening and you can't quite get it done, I still take it late. It's And yeah. also, 
I personally don't give homework um, that's really hard. It, it's review. Yeah, um, just basically what well, you remind can, you of what you did. You can't early. assume yeah. that every child yeah. is going to have a parent that can sit there and work with them. Again, if they have I parents either. working yeah. late, then so it needs to be easy enough for the kid to be able to do it on their own or well, with like they, an older sibling. If the if it's not easy enough, they develop bad habits and they come back to school with It's called negative transfer. Yeah. yeah and that's So wow. just imagine that you uh just sign up for baseball and you are learning how to hit it just one-handed. Yeah. And then now it's the game like nope, you have to hit it with two hands. Like, huh? That's not the way I practice. Yeah. yeah. So they practice it wrong at home, and then you come back to school, and you have to undo what wow. they just practice at home. Yeah, so that's another reason I don't really believe in homework. Yeah, me too. And I'm not talking homework. I mean, okay. books. Books should not be homework. Books should be something we act, at least all experience text somewhere. I don't care if it's on your phone. I don't care if it's on a I hated like, ho- whatever. I hated homework, but yeah. I, I, I kind of enjoy doing projects. Yeah. So do you guys do like multiple like a big project that takes like a month then they have to come back so um we do research projects but i again try to limit what they do at home yeah. because i have had parents do their entire child's project that and doesn't bring it to solidify school the next day. anything so i don't want to grade their parent i want to grade them That's a good so point. Yeah. a lot of times i'll send home a letter saying we're going to start our projects next week and they'll need these supplies i'll have supplies too but if you can give them some give it to them if not like i've got it handled like when we do the missions and for fourth grade oh, yeah. i have them actually make their missions like in the classroom okay so that I yeah, can I see my, them doing the work. I had my grandpa in yeah. his wood shop build it. it yep. Yeah. I, I, most I, but, of the time. I, but, I, but I painted it. Like okay. I did as much as I could. <laughs> yeah. He also built me a, a cool castle for medieval times. Whatever. Anyways. <laughs> I know. Going. It went long. We'll and gotta, uh, we'll have this segment uh, every once in a while. Apologize we'll for the uh, the political rant there. <laughs> no you got the uh, outro song? Um, I kind of do. I'm like trying to find it. So did you want to do some plugs? Yeah, do some plugs. Um, yeah, just checking us out on Instagram. Uh, just look up the so, so scrutiny podcast. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we'll be posting photos and, uh, did we post up the scrutiny scale yet? Nope. Oh shoot. I forgot to do that. We will post that. That's all right. Yeah. We want to get that out so you guys can do your own scrutiny scales at home and send us your numbers for movies and TV stuff that, uh, that we've watched or what you've watched. I'm curious. And we're going to be, uh, next week we'll be reviewing the first three episodes of the Mandalorian. Oh, that'd be fun. And just an overall scrutinize of, uh, the new Disney plus platform and what they're up to over there. You got that song. Yep. Play it. Oh, and then go check out the dares. Yeah. The dares on check Instagram. They uh, follow them. They're on Spotify and Apple music. They're great. They're great dudes. And we'll work on the playlist too. Yes. That'd be fun. That's a good, a good idea. I like that idea. I'll handle that. Thank you, K-Rock, for giving me the idea. <laughs> All right, ready? Let's hear it. Here we go. Pop quiz. Well, you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know this band. Rufio? Nope. This is totally not Rufio. <laughs> You might not know them. You let your head down, your face is made up. You know this town so well. I want the chorus to pop in, but this band is called Bad Sons. Oh, you played me that before. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. So catchy. Yeah, 
you listened to this record all the way through. It was like homework on one of our very, very early episodes. I don't remember the song though. Super catchy. Oh no, you listened to the other one, Disappear Here? I don't remember. I, yeah. I dug it though. Cool. It's very like 80s yeah. rock pop. Cool. Really cool. So, this has been So So Scrutiny Podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Robert. And over there's Liz. And Liz. <laughs> Woo. Have a good week. See you next week. <laughs>